Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thanks so much for tuning in to Bravo Happy Hour. Just a reminder that if you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to give it a five-star rating and leave a little review. It's the best way to let other Bravo lovers find out about the show. Today's episode is blessed with the presence of Essence. She's a stay-at-home mom by day and a reality TV addict by night. Her blog, The Sassy New York Mom, isn't your typical mommy blog. It's her escape to talk about her favorite reality shows while putting her degree in psychology to good use. Welcome to the show. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, okay, you have to tell us more about your blog, what you choose to write about. Well, I took a little break. Um, I was recapping 90 Day Fiance over on TLC. So good. And a little bit of love after lockup. Um, but I took a break because we were buying a house and that was stressful. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so, and moving and all that stuff. So I, I really took probably like a six month break or more just because I couldn't focus, but I'm trying to get back into it. I recapped uh, Vanderpump rules. The uh, first episode I'm working on the second episode um, currently, but I'm looking to focus more on Bravo. I feel like that's where like, that's the moneymaker right now. Bravo shows. And there's a lot of Bravo shows coming out too. Yeah. There's a lot of housewives. Um, I'm really looking, honestly, I'm looking forward to, Beverly Hills coming back. Really? I feel like yeah. everybody is like a hater on Beverly Hills lately. No, I'm actually looking forward to it. I mean, I want to see this whole Denise and Brandy drama, honestly. Oh, I know that we're kind oh, of yeah. skipping around, but I'm really looking forward to to getting to know like what really happened and what's the backstory on that. Well, that's actually a great little segue. We could just jump right into Beverly Hills. So... Denise has been going through it. We all know that her and Brandy allegedly have been hooking up. We don't know what's true. We don't know what's false. So Denise and Aaron are now being dragged into this new lawsuit. So I just read this this week, and it's outrageous. So the two of them were renting a house after their other house got fucked up by all of those fires. So they signed a lease for this apartment, and they agreed that they would have animals in the house, which are two pot-bellied pigs and three dogs. Like, did we know that Denise had pot-bellied pigs in her home? No, but I'm not surprised. Like, she's... <laughs> 
she's so out there. Like, I'm not surprised. I know. When I read it, I was like, it, this is only Denise who would have this. Like, I can't really see Kyle Richards getting two really big, dirty pigs. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so supposedly they were living in this house for a little upwards of a year. They moved out, and the owner of the house is now suing them because they said that the place was completely trashed when they left, including dead possums, rat and animal poop all over the house. The, the lawsuit said there was fecal matter found in virtually every room. Rat and possum carcasses were found in the attic. Severe mold was found in the cabinets and surfaces of the restroom, broken dishwasher, the flooring in the kitchen, everything had been completely mismatched. Oh, I guess. The, and I guess there was mismatched flooring on the house, which maybe they changed after they started renting in there. So I just want to know what the hell Denise and Aaron do on their spare time. Maybe they let Charlie Sheen stay over <laughs> because on the show, she seemed like she had it together, like regarding her home life. Like the kids looked clean, you know, everything. I mean, she did have dog hair all over the place. But, <laughs> I mean, like everything looked clean. Like I would, I would eat at her house, but I don't know. This <laughs> It was weird. And so obviously they're saying that this is not true. They took photos of the house when they left and it didn't have any of these dead animals and shit everywhere. <laughs> but I saw this and I'm like, this is only Denise Richards situation. Like, I feel like she keeps getting thrown in like the oddest situations. And this one takes the cake. The affair with Brandy was last week's drama surrounding Denise. And Brandy tweeted this week, I am not lying about anything that I said on Housewives, and I'm willing to take a lie detector test. And let's be clear, I am not even the aggressor, it's implying that Denise was coming on to Brandy. <laughs> I can see that. I can, I can totally see that. They recorded an episode for Brandy's podcast um, back in March, so almost a year ago. And if you listen to it, it kind of sounds like they were flirting back and forth. Like Ooh. Brandy was praising Denise and it was, it was very definitely flirty. Maybe that was like the moment that they fell in love and they were like, okay, after this <laughs> show, let's, let's get a drink and then slowly phase into this relationship. But a part of me, I believe that it's true because there's no reason for Brandy to lie about this. And I don't really think Denise would be against, like, hooking up with a woman. But I really do think that, like, the producers and production use Brandy as, like, a pawn to get other people to start drama and to stir up buzz for the new season when it's unfair that they refuse to give her a diamond again. So it's, like, either focus on the people who are on the show and make them try to spark up some drama and at storylines or like leave brandy alone like let sleeping dogs lie like i feel like it's like an either or situation and bravo's like do we want to have her to come back she's willing to leave it all on the table and be crazy without the full paycheck so maybe they're just taking advantage of that but i don't know i just think it's like focus on the other women we don't care about brandy anymore well right and i think that the other women, they don't share their lives with us. Mm -hmm. So even this drama with Brandy and Denise, it's, it feels real to me. Like it feels like something happened. I would think that Aaron would have known, um, what was going on. I don't know why he didn't, 
Yeah, but- you'd kind of think that she'd like let him in a little bit. I feel like maybe, I don't know. It's so weird because even like when Jax and Brittany, when Brittany hooked up with Kristen, Jax was like, she's not cheating because it's with a woman. I feel like some men think that way when it's like, no, just because it's a woman doesn't mean they can't have like an emotional and physical relationship that would like, that is cheating outside of like, unless you guys are in an open, like an open relationship in which the two of you have like agreed to be in an open relationship, it's cheating. And like all the speculation says that Aaron did not know it was happening and like, wasn't happy about it. So. But then she talks so openly about her marriage. So that's why I wouldn't, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> but even like their relationship, I feel like they met and like a month later got married, like Chloe and Lamar. <laughs> like, well, and the way that they met too, like she met him while like at his <laughs> crystal healing DNA place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of job is that? I feel like that's one of the bigger red flags that no one really listened to where they're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what is your job? And then the fact that Denise was also like paying to be, like a patron there. <laughs> like, so it's like, Oh God, she really is buying what you're selling, whatever. Let's but see. It's totally LA. Like, I don't think anything like that would fly in New York, but <laughs> in LA where it's like crystals and green juice. And- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm on bustle right now trying to find out what his job is. Let's see. She said, I met him because I started going to his clinic where he does a lot of frequency work and balancing yeah. the body. Like what? <laughs> does that mean i it's out there <laughs> okay so Ron, aaron runs quantum 360 which is described as a state-of-the-art healing center designed to foster optimal health in mind body spirit the center uses a holistic approach to harness a wide range of energy fields to accelerate healing and amplify healing capabilities this just sounds like a really expensive crock of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and denise who has her own money like she was just throwing it at him, and then they ended up hooking up there. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's kind of gross that they actually hooked up there. I know. In, <laughs> like, a hotel, her house, his house. No, it happened there. Like, ew. Like, other people need to go on that, like, frequency bed. Like, well, I don't know what do you even call it. <laughs> I have to see how much this is. Now I'm, like, going to get into a deeper dive. Quantum 360. Like, this is just a joke. Okay, let's see how much these cost because it sounds like it's like a thousand dollars a session, and you need like six sessions or something. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay, they've got some holiday offers. Oh wow. Okay, so you need to reach out to them for them to tell you the prices of things. Oh my god, this is such bullshit. But again, so Beverly Hills. Maybe Brandy could actually probably use this to kind of get some of her frequencies and a little bit more life balance in her life. <laughs> Poor she <Brandy>. probably did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, they are an absolute mess. But staying in a Los Angeles where I think everything is a damn mess. Oh, Van- I don't want to cut you off, but oh, Aaron, no, we love you. We love quantum 360. <laughs> don't come after us. I have no money. Right. I know. I always have to say allegedly. And then I'm like, what is Aaron listening to my podcast? And then going to like <laughs> send me a cease and desist for making fun of his fully ridiculous business. <laughs> I feel like it's a matter of time before he's like a scammer artist and he's exposed. Maybe. Oh, 
Well, staying in California, Vanderpump Rules stars Max Boyens and Beck. Brett Caprioni. You guys, these are the new bees on season eight of Vanderpump Rules. This show basically should be renamed this week in racism on Bravo because every fucking episode I've done literally this past month has had to deal with like someone's newest racial slurs, their apology for their racial slurs. It's just it's just never ending. So we have the two Vanderpump Rules newbies, Max and Brett, who have been uh, tweeting up a storm, dropping N-bombs left and right, truly with no regard. And their old tweets from 2011 and 2012 were discovered and exposed this past week. And this was really jarring because I feel like a lot of other people can do certain microaggressions and you know, be racist. I guess Brandy Redmond's a good example where it's like as much as she was disrespectful and racist, I don't think it was as, I feel like she wasn't as cognizant of what she was doing or who she might've been hurting where these guys are just like blatantly being racist time and, and time and time and time and time and time again. What were your thoughts when you saw all of this coming out this week? Well, I was honestly disgusted. I mean, even watching um, the first episode, I, I just, there was just something that just didn't sit right with me with them. I I didn't like them from the beginning. And now that these tweets have resurfaced, I don't like them, like, even more. Like, I, I <laughs> hate is a strong word, but I just do not like them. I really don't want to see them on the show anymore, to be quite honest. Well, that's the thing. It's like Lisa came out and gave like a really bullshit publicity, like publicist statement saying, like, I don't condone their heinous comments. I'm glad they understand the severity of their offenses and have shown remorse and contrition. I embrace the community of diversity and do not tell it bigot- bigotry. And then also said like they were young and ignorant, but she's not going to fire them because at this point we're only two episodes in. So for them to have to re-edit the next, you know, 25 episodes to not include them because of these actions just seems a little, it just seems crazy and kind of out of just not really possible. So it should be interesting to watch them throughout the duration of the season and have to see them within this like new lens of, you know, bigotry and like disgusting comments. So it should be it should be interesting, and it's a, probably a long road for them. And I doubt they'll be on next season. I feel like that's that's what'll probably happen. But they'll, I think they'll go through the entire season of eight being there. But then, yeah, I doubt they'll be back next year. Yeah, I agree. They'll definitely be in season eight. And I, because these tweets um, came up so early on in the season, I don't even think there'll be news by the time the reunion is, you know, like filmed and recorded. So I don't know. They might, they might get by, honestly. Well, I know, And that's the thing. Like, I feel like nowadays this is becoming so commonplace, which is really terrible because, you know, it's, it's terrible that these kinds of things can be like normalized on the internet and no one finds out and no one cares unless you're on television. Like no one in these guys' lives, you know, seven years ago were saying, Hey man, like maybe you shouldn't be saying like blatantly racist things on the internet. Like no one was saying anything. And now it's like he's on TV and they're being held to a different standard. So it's just, 
it does kind of seem like something that people will just kind of like slowly forget about and then we'll be focusing more on like Max and Sheena and Max and Dana and Brett and Sheena and everything else. And you kind of just like forget about everything because it's like, what else do you really get? I don't know. Like, what else do we do as viewers? Like, you know, we can hate them and they suck and we can agree that they all are the worst, but yeah, they still will be on screen and, and making money, which is kind of the sad part. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm African-American and I don't use that word. And my brother, my mom, like we don't use that word. And I don't like when other African-Americans use the word because I just think it's just derogatory. Like, why would you want to call someone of the same community that word? But it even pains me even more Like when someone outside of the community uses that word like it's just not a nice word like there's so many different ways to describe like a guy you know Mm -hmm. versus oh that's like my n-word like i don't know i i just found the tweets really disgusting and hopefully they're not back for season nine but i don't know it's like we have like select amnesia sort of Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, right now, this, like, last week, it was all about the Brandy and Brandy Redmond and her video. This week, it's about Max and Brett. So, what's, who's it going to be next week? So, it's just, I don't know. I feel like these things get quickly forgotten, but I still think that the viewers need to speak up about it because it does hold them to a standard. It makes them accountable for their actions. And I don't think if the viewers let these things slide, they, they're not going to think anything's wrong with their actions. Exactly. And at least, like, they did apologize and were giving, like, you know, their whatever, I my deepest apologies for the incensed, ignorant, hurtful comments that I made. I accept full responsibility. So it's like now I think we can only, like, watch what they do next, kind of, because I don't really believe in cancel culture. These guys were kind of young when they were tweeting these things, and so it's not a pass, but I think, like, at this point, it's like, okay, so now what are you going to do going forward to make sure shit like this doesn't happen again? Or actually maybe taking a step back and, like, figuring out why you shouldn't feel so comfortable saying these things. Like, I have a close friend of mine who is a white guy and he we were out at a bar a couple months ago and like uh some song came on and he was just like casually saying the n-word like throughout the whole thing and like singing it loudly and I was like bro like can you just like shut up like don't say that and I said it to him and then another girlfriend of mine said it to him and he was like don't worry like my black friends like don't even care I'm like one I've never met a friend of yours who's black so that's (laughs) one thing maybe we should talk about or I've only known you for eight years and two like just because you might have met one black person ever who told you that that's okay or maybe just didn't say anything when you said it so you took that as being okay like doesn't mean that you shouldn't consider this like inappropriate and unnecessary. It's just like unnecessary. It's unnecessary hatred you're kind of putting into the world and just makes people more divided and it's more of just like a divisive word. And and it's just upsetting. And like these guys are truly like some of them are like some of the tweets. I don't even want to like read through them because they're insane. But like Max says, my girlfriend needs to wake up from her nap. Wake up, little N word. Like what? Like those that's just like, unnecessary. Like what? 
Like, it's just insane. Or Max goes, when is Justin Bieber going to realize that saying the N-word and cussing and having big booty bitches in his song is the cool thing to do? Hashtag queer. You know, like, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand his logic. Like, none of that even makes any sense. So he's like, like, so he's like, maybe if Bieber started acting like a rapper and having big booty bitches in his songs. And I like the hashtag queer. Like, he doesn't even speak that way. Like, on the show. They're fucking idiots. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of other idiots, this specific idiot, Lala, she did say some comments about what they about the tweets saying the tweets that were posted by my cast members are truly disgusting blaming bigotry on immaturity is something i will not stand for which is what lvp did and she refuses to be a part of the ignorance and hate she said i hope our show will move forward on the path that we were once on crazy drunken banter mending friendships or ruining them <laughs> living authentic lives which i love that those are the three ways she describes vanderpump rules Men- she's not laughing. No, <laughs> crazy drunken banter, mending <laughs> friendships, or ruining them. <laughs> Truth. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But I was surprised that Lala had more of a moral compass than LVP, and I know LVP is like the worst person ever. And I'm now anti LVP. It's a new stance I've taken as of two weeks ago. And I heard, I heard uh, on your your other oh, episodes. Oh yeah. So I'm very anti Lisa Vanderpump now. So it's not surprising that she gave a lukewarm apology and a lukewarm statement about all of this. Oh, they're young. They don't know what they're doing, <laughs> what they're talking Her about. Apology <laughs> is null and void because have you seen, there's a picture of the full cast of season eight. There is not one brown face. Oh. <laughs> there is not one different skin tone. They're either blonde or brunette. And that is the most diverse that she has in her uh, working at her restaurant. I know. I never really understood why Lisa Vanderpump prides herself on being like, one, an ally to the LGBTQ community when she's never hired a single gay person to ever be on any of her shows. And then, yeah, any type of like African-American or any person of color has never even touched the screen other than Faith, who was dragged through the mud and wasn't even given a chance to defend herself, which I'm like, oh, great. That's it's a great way of treating the young black woman who, you know, as much as, you know, she's at fault for what happened with like Jax and everything, but like Jax is the one who made the the problem. Like it was Jax's fault, but but okay, blame blame the African American girl and then silence her. Okay, great, that's that's healthy. It's really, and good. I think there was one other woman. I forget what season. I think she was trying to help Sheena with her <laughs> song or something. <laughs> I forgot her name, but she was also like one of. The few black women that worked at Sir. Oh, I don't I think know. Think it was like I, season one or season two. Yeah, I don't know if I remember her. But yeah, she, exactly. Aspiring um, singer. <laughs> I'm trying to think if we have any other. We had um. Oh, what's his name? The, the guy, guy at Pump. Yeah, the guy at Pump. <laughs> <laughs> the black guy at Pump. Yeah, the we black guy at Pump who, who fought with uh, James Kennedy. James Kennedy was like, you're nothing, you're no one, you're scum. It's like, oh, that's another great portrayal. <laughs> Damn, I'm trying to think what his name is. What is it, like Henderson, Jefferson? Oh, no. Oh, God. I just know. I just picture him. I think he was a, has like a bald head and a pink button-up. <laughs> <Yeah>, pink button-up? <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. 
God. All right. Whatever. And then there was also Black Elvis. He helped Lala make some hot music. (laughs) Actually, no. Was he? I can't remember if Black Elvis was Lala or James Kennedy's friend, but he definitely made a few appearances. But yeah, I mean, Lisa Vanderpump is just full of shit. I just think I really do believe she is a just a bad person. And and I think it'll come out eventually. We just have to wait. We have to be patient. Well, something I'm not patiently waiting for is Lala Kent's new podcast. Her and fiance Randall Emmett have decided to start a podcast called Give Them Lala dot 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 with Randall. (laughs) Yeah. What is she going to talk about? The last thing I want to ever hear are those two talking about their lives, which they won't tell us anything about. (laughs) He doesn't like even on the show, maybe he's like, anxiety about being on camera but he he says a few words like i don't understand how he's expected to carry you know 45 minute to hour-long conversations with her and what would they talk about traveling i mean i just don't know what producer at whatever studio is going to be producing this was like you know what i really want to hear what they have to say like I I've went on this tirade like probably 30 times on this show saying that like the last thing I need are more Bravo celebrities starting lukewarm podcasts that just do nothing for the world. No one has ever asked for it. And <laughs> I've never, ever wanted to hear what Randall has to say about any topic. Yeah, I just don't. And I think they were weren't they paid a lot of money for that? Oh, of course. I mean, they've got to be. At least the thing that really kills me is that, like, as a podcaster who, like, makes no money and, like, just tries hard out of, like, you know, passion for this, uh, like, so many of these people, like, especially the Bachelor people, they'll start a podcast and immediately have, like, eight sponsors and, like, have all make all this money immediately. And I'm like, oh, my God, for nothing. No one, you get nothing out of this bullshit thing and you get money out of this? Like... God damn, I have to go on a reality show and sell my fucking soul to make a buck. Oh, don't do it. I would (laughs) never. Oh, my God. I would be such a bitch. They'd be like, she's a bitch. I get the bitch edit, like, 100%. (laughs) So the first guest on their show is Stassi Schroeder, a.k.a. the queen of podcasting. So, I mean, hey, maybe I'll listen because I am a sucker, as I talk shit about it incessantly, <laughs> I'm like, like, rate, re- review, subscribe, all of the above. But I mean, I, I definitely don't don't know how much longer, how much, how long this will actually last. And even their uh, cover art, I just posted it in the Google. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Dog that I sent you, like Randall looks so unlike himself in this photo. And granted, again, it's like a cartoon, so it's not supposed to look like a spitting image, but he looks attractive in this cartoon. <laughs> well, she knows she has to get the you know get some listeners, so she's not going to post their real pictures. <laughs> yeah, she's, exactly. She's actually pretty without like all the the fillers and whatever else she had done. She's actually really pretty. But him, ugh, he, he, it's going to sound horrible, but he kind of reminds me of a toad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he does. He's toad-like. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't do it for me. And I went on uh, Imani Marcus's podcast, Mixing with Monty, and I think the episode is out, and we were talking all about Vanderpump Rules, and I was saying like how crazy it is to me that Lala like chose him out of all of like the gross sleazy producers in Hollywood. She yeah, was like, I, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, my girl, like there are thousands of men with deep pockets and shallow standards. Like you can find another man, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's really good in bed. I don't know. Like, but that disgusts me. Like even saying that, like I threw up in my <laughs> mouth a little bit, but I think it's how they met. Cause it was like, he pursued her even though he was still le- I think he was separated but still legally married to Amber Childers mm-hmm. and so I guess the fact that he was willing to leave his wife for her was kind of like a huge boost to her ego and then the the Range Rover that he gave her was re-gifted from another girl to her so it's just like he was continuously proving not his love, but I guess like his lust for her. But like that would be so hard I'm to like. To myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like how, how could you ever one like if a man immediately gives you a Range Rover after you have sex with him on the first night? I feel like that is a red flag. And the two of them also met at Sir on Christmas Day. Like, let us not forget that. Randall was going to Sir on Christmas Day. Like, that is a sadness that, like, I have not really dug deep enough into because, like, that is weird. I don't know. I, I, I give it a shelf life of, like, five years. I think she'll definitely have a kid with him, though. Oh, definitely. Just to solidify, you know, 18 plus years of. <laughs> Moolah. <laughs> I just can't believe that they're a thing. And like, they're so public now. And she just talks about, you know, the BJs for PJs. And yeah, it's just like, uh, it's, it. <laughs> it's her quote unquote brand of feminism that I don't really subscribe to. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, she's been an interesting character who's come on the show and really like pivoted what pivoted from what we really kind of thought she was going to become. Like, you know, I just kind of thought she'd be like a pop star or kind of really like lean into all the music. But then after she met Rand, like 
she hasn't come out with many songs. Like, she's not in the stew anymore. Like, I just feel like she's now kind of, like, transitioning into more of, like, this housewife homemaker role. Maybe trying to angle on to getting a spot on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which, I mean, she'd really shake things up. Maybe a shake-up that we, that we need. Oh, definitely. I think I can see her going, you know, head-to-head with Teddy. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Well, Teddy and Stassi are friends because I think Bo and Edwin have known each other for years because they're both big Rams fans, and I've definitely seen, like, Stassi hanging out with Teddy all the time, which is kind of rogue. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. The more you know. Well, speaking of Stasi and Bo, we uh, need to be congratulating them because they are now joining basically the rest of the cast in being homeowners. So the two of them signed the paperwork this weekend to buy a 2,900-square-foot Mediterranean-style home for a whopping $1.8 million. And I was talking with Monty about this, too. This is only a three-bedroom, four-bathroom house, and the home itself is beautiful. It's like that old-school Hollywood, like, Mediterranean style, so it's, like, big archways and big windows and very kind of, like, just old feeling, but it's it's really, it's a really beautiful house. All the videos that I've seen online this weekend, like, just tell me, like, they made, like, a great decision. However, $1.8 million for three bedrooms seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially when they, like, want to... I mean, you're a new homeowner. What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, our home has four bedrooms, two baths, and I have two kids. Well, I'm done having kids. But <laughs> Stasi doesn't strike me as one who wants to be a mom. Like, I I don't... Maybe she's... I haven't really heard her talk about that. So I don't... not sure. Or maybe she just wants at least one. Because, I mean, that's more than enough space. You know, for just one child. But if they plan to uh, be any competition to Jackson, Brittany, and you know, <laughs> popping up three, four kids, and they're going to have to move again. <laughs> I know. And we were saying, like, on the show, like, it's their first home. Like, you think they would buy something that wasn't a $1.8 million. Like, the well can easily run dry because this kind of life on reality television is fleeting. You don't mm-hmm. know in 10 years where you're going to be. You don't know what you're going to have and the financial security that you'll have to be able to pay for this $1.8 million home for the rest of your life. And it just seems like a lot of money. And maybe that's because I'm poor. <laughs> so oh, like, no. It definitely is. Like, <laughs> our house, it's, it's older. It's not... It's not like a newer construction. It's an older home. So we got a pretty good deal on it. But this is what we could afford. I mean, we could have definitely gotten a mortgage for a house in the the, the upper 300s, middle to upper 300s. But then it's just like we have to be realistic. You know, my husband, he works in law enforcement and he makes really a really good salary. But I'm not working right now. So we just really have to take that into consideration. So we went with the the older home. And, you know, once we get more money and I start working again, we're going to do some renovations and stuff like that. But I think that I think that's a smarter way to go. Totally. I mean, you don't want to, like, have to completely overextend yourself. Like, their mortgage is going to be so much money. And, yeah, again, like, they're making money right now. But you just never know. And it just seems like 
you know, to probably sign a 30-year mortgage paying, what, $10,000 a month or something to live in this big, beautiful home. That's a lot. When you might want to, you know, have more kids and big, have a bigger family. It just, it just is a lot of money. And I don't know. All of them buying these homes is sketchy to me. Like, Jax always says he has, like, DL investments, and I kind of believe him. As much as he is an absolute dipshit, I do kind of think he might be smart with his money. But he's also, like, not going out and buying, you know, Prada shoes like Stassi. Like, because Stassi also has, like, the shopping of it all, which, oh, yeah, you know, like, that can wrap up fast. You know, you go to whatever, Barney's or Saks or something for, you know, a few hours and you can come out spending a ton of money. And she's always looking fabulous. And I don't know. Hey, I'm happy I for them. I have two questions. Sorry. Yes, please ask. <laughs> um, so do you think that she's paying – if at all, any money. Do you think she's paying full price for her clothing or do you think that she's getting those things gifted to her? That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like nowadays, like, I don't know if designers and people really give free clothing as much to people. Like, I feel like if that was the case, then like Katie should be like reaching out to brands being like, can you give me something to wear? Like, I mean, the the styling on this show is really twisted. Stassi, I feel like if anything, like she's openly said like, oh, I'll buy my Chanel slides like on like a resale, like the real real or like some site like that that kind of resells designer items because like, come on, like a thousand dollars for a pair of sandals, like uh, like something's got to give. Like you've got to like have like a little bit of. Like, that just seems insane to me unless you're, like, you know, a big fancy banker or something and have just, like, money out the butt and, like, <laughs> money doesn't matter. But I, so she's definitely always talked about um, buying, like, re, like, buying consigned items. So that makes sense. But I don't know because I know so many influencers. Like, I follow a couple of those influencers and they'll just do, like, unboxing videos and just, like, frame after frame after frame after frame. It's just, like, opening a new box just full of free shit. And I'm like damn what am i doing wrong like right especially on youtube (laughs) oh my god well those freaking kids like that eight-year-old boy who made like 43 million dollars last year off of like opening boxes of presents like on youtube like oh my god my parents did me really dirty not making me a youtube star when i was younger same here. I, I even thought about having my daughter do it. I was like, no, I don't really want to expose her to it. People online can be vicious. I know. And that's like the fear I have with this show because like every time I'm in the studio, they film it. So like I have like hours and hours and hours of content that I could be putting online, but I'm like, I'm sensitive enough. Like people already, you know, tell me their unsolicited opinions on my voice, what I say, when I say it, how I say it. I'm like, the last thing I need to do is like throw my face into the mix. And I'll be like, at uh, 14, 17, uh, Megan's face looks so terrible. She looks so fat, like shit like that. I'm like, oh no, like I, I am not ready for that yet. <laughs> for that whole yeah, world. Yeah, too fragile for that. Same. And like, <laughs> Most people are nice, but hey, like people aren't kidding when it's like, you know, a thousand people can say nice things, but that one person who says the mean thing is like the only thing I think of. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm fr- I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. I'm not fragile or anything. <laughs> and my second question before we go is, does Bo get paid for being on the show now? I think so. Now that he's like in the opening credits. Oh yeah. I definitely think he's making a pretty penny. Damn. Because then if he 
quit his day job as a, what was he, a casting director or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's got to be making some good money off this. And he's also doing, like, branded content on his Instagram. Chef Bo I think RD, I saw that. Which I guess he, like, cooks for Saucy, which is kind of cute. Uh, but... I know I, I like I don't know I'm always like torn about how I feel about him because I do like him and I know he loves Saucy so much and like I'm really happy for them and their love but I don't know it, it does seem kind of like how lucky for you all of a sudden your life has totally changed and now you're a reality star kind of like Britney who like never had she was like a bartender and always like worked where in Kentucky and then like meets Jacks and like three hours later like is on a television show it's like what like, how is your life so willing to just be changed and, like, uprooted? Like, if I met a guy and a week later he's like, now you have to move to be with me and you're going to be on a reality show for the rest of your life? I'd be like, um, I have a job, you know, uh, <laughs> shit I care about. Uh, and I can't just, like, drop everything for you. But I guess at least for them, they might not have ever had – I think a lot of people always have like dreams of being on TV and dreams of being famous. So yeah, like if Britney was like, oh, I can either be with Jax or I can keep hanging out with this loser from Kentucky. I guess I'd rather be potentially rich and famous in LA. Why not? And that's why she puts up with him, like the face stuff. And I'm pretty sure she's not the only girl that he's cheated on her with. Oh, Definitely not. I mean, if one happened to be exposed on television, then there's got to be others just kind of in the woodwork, just waiting to kind of come out. And I mean, we all like watching Reformed Jacks, which is the biggest I joke. don't. I think it's fake. <laughs> I know, it I totally like, is. I don't know why I said that. Out? When are you going to call Britney fat? Like, when are you just going to be you? Like, yeah. <laughs> because these past two episodes where this is this fake, like, Oh, honey, what do you need? I'm I'm over here. Uh, like it's just, oh, it's just not. It's not genuine with him. It's not at all. And I think, and it's gonna blow up. It's like you know when you keep it all inside for a while, and then it just blows the fuck up. And I think that's what like the Vanderpump Rules like legacy team. I I would call them like the old school uh, OGs. Like, I feel like we're just kind of waiting for things to implode, which is really bad. <laughs> At least, like, Tom and Katie's life. Oh it's like, God, we're yes. still pretending that this is, we're happy. We're still doing it. Okay. I don't understand why they even got married when they clearly hate each other. Well, I think he is such a pussy. Like, and I hate saying that because it's just a bad, it, it makes pussies seem bad, but he's just, <laughs> sort of, he's a disservice to all pussies everywhere. But he's just such a spineless sap. And like, I think really felt the pressure of staying on the show and being together and then knowing that, oh, you know, like we'll have the wedding thing all, you know, fleshed out on screen. People will really want to see that. And I know Katie really wants this, but it's like, if you're going to be a piece of shit throughout the whole wedding process and then after and even she's a piece of shit to him too i'm not giving i'm not saying oh, no, she's he's horrible. like the biggest problem i mean but the two of them just like seem completely unhappy and it's like i feel like they just got married out of convenience and out of like maybe desperation to stay on the show and it's like oh my god this is so painful to watch and it's so sad when he like will be like my dick works now like what like how could you ever degrade your husband and be like your dick doesn't work like that's 
like the number one thing that would hurt a man. Like, I think that she like abuses him, not not physically, but I think that she verbally abuses him behind the scenes because when she's around, he looks like he's afraid. Oh, yeah. Like she's gonna say something. Like if you watch their scenes, it's like he he's always so soft spoken. Like I don't want to upset her, even when she's not drinking. So I. I, I I fear um, for Tom's safety. <laughs> I do. I, well, she's like Even a ticking Tom time bomb. Called her out. He's to the um, Schwartz is a battered woman, oh my a God. battered husband, whatever. When they were dressed in drag. Never forget that. That is, like, one thing I'm really excited about this season. They keep showing, like, the later this season. And it's, like, the whole men are dressed up like old men. Like, they all have, like, face, like, prosthetics on their oh, yeah. face to look like old men. And Stassi's dressed like a Victorian queen. And they're just screaming at each other. I'm like, there's nothing like a massive argument in costume. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we're moving to totally different news. The Shahs of Sunset is coming back. February 9th is the season premiere for season 8, and I am so excited. Are you a Shahs fan? I am. I stopped watching a couple seasons ago because when did I someone left? Um, Asa left. Yes, I think I stopped watching when she left because she was kind of always like the, the voice of reason and she could always see things from, you know, both sides. Yeah, yeah. I so, it's been a while. Last season I watched and it was really good, but I like love MJ and Tommy. So once they were like solidified and together forever, I was like, OK, I can watch this. But the show hasn't been back for probably about a year at this point, And. This show has talked about all the different dramas that have been happening between Tommy and Reza and Reza and MJ. And then Gigi's pregnant now and MJ has a mom and Mike, I guess, is engaged. And the thing that really shook me about this was that Mike is now going to be is going to propose to a woman with a child. And I just feel like Mike is now ready to be a stepfather. Mike's not ready to be a husband. That's okay? truth. <laughs> truth. Yeah, we should start there. And then. Like, let's just, you know, work on not cheating. Let's just work on being monogamous first. <laughs> yeah, take away one step at a time. I just, I feel like he has a lot of pressure from his family to be married oh, and to yeah. have a child. I mean, he's like 40-something, and he really blew right. it with. Uh, what is her name? Oh, Jessica. 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 And I liked her, but he really fucking blew it. And then, you know, I think he has like way, way bad mommy issues because he's really, really in love with his mom. And yeah, they definitely put a ton of pressure on him. And I think his brother is like normal. I feel like he's always like, my brother, he's so normal. He's a good good family. It's like, uh, yeah, dude, they are actually just good men. Imagine (laughs) that. Like, it's not that hard to be like loyal to someone when you claim to be in love with them. (laughs) Oddly enough, he's such a fool. But the show seems like it's going to be coming in hot with some piping hot tea. There is a newbie named Sarah who talks about getting subpoenaed from her ex, and Reza then says, who, R. Kelly? So we might have, like, an R. Kelly plot point in (laughs) in this upcoming season of Shaws. I'm like, I couldn't be more excited. Like, he's the worst person, one of the worst people on the planet, and... (laughs) 
But then, like, when did they date? Because if this was, like, 10-plus years ago, then how relevant is that? I mean, it could still be relevant to um, what's going on now, because maybe she knew some things behind the scenes. I mean, I feel like a lot of people really gave a blind eye to the bullshit that R. Kelly was up to. It's like, let us not forget, he's always been peeing on minors. like, Or, and like, was married to, like, a 14-year-old. Like, he's always been a piece of crap. So I feel like a lot of the women who might have come into his life, you know, willingly, obviously, like, he was a absolute predator and, you know, ruined a lot of women's lives without their, uh, without them having any choice in the matter. But I feel like, you know, a grown consenting woman probably could just do a quick Google search to be like, hmm, you know, he might be a little damaged. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, how would she even, like, be connected to him in any way? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, that'd be an interesting story to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. How she met him and... Well, I always kind of like when, like, big stories are kind of spoken about on these shows because they never really talk about current events. Like, I've been re-watching Beverly Hills, and it's that one season where Katherine Edwards was on, and she was, like, married to a guy that's supposedly Nicole Brown from the O.J. Simpson like the woman who died because of OJ Simpson killing her. Um, but like she talked about that with Faye Resnick and I really liked watching all of the women talk about OJ because it's something that's so commonplace to come up in like normal, just conversation. If you're talking about like, it's terrible to say pop culture, but it is like, you know, if it wasn't for OJ Simpson, we wouldn't have the Kardashians. I don't know. It just, it always made me, it interested me to see how these people kind of feel about major things happening in the news and within pop culture. But yeah, I'm excited for Shaw's to come back. It's been a minute and I'm definitely going to be very into this season. I think I might actually go back and rewatch last season because I always forget what happens on that show. I don't know. I feel like there's always a lot happening and... There's always, like, family drama, too, so I'm like, what the hell? Like, I have to always, like, like who's Destiny again? Destiny's, like, the girl who came, I think, last season, and her sub her plot line was, like, trying to find her father, and I'm like, what, what is this? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I, don't, I do understand why they, they want to bring in new people, but I think the core cast is more than enough going on. Like, we have... Um, Gigi, she's having a baby. There's stuff with Adam and Raza. Then MJ, she just had a baby. Um, Mike is trying to find himself, I guess. But <laughs> I, f- I feel like there's there's a lot there with just the core cast. I know. I feel like they really don't need to bring all these extras in. And it's crazy because all of these people are like grown and were grown when the show started and to see how a lot of them like haven't really changed and kind of have remained stagnant but I'm proud that MJ has like come so far and we saw like in the beginning of the preview it's like a flashback to her like ripping a cigarette and just like throws it on the ground and she's like I'm never fucking having kids and yeah. the, next, the next scene is like her like cradling a baby it's like <laughs> I like seeing that I like seeing a story arc where it's like there's actual like change and growth where Mike is still like I'm starting another shitty business and maybe this woman will love me it's like bro like I'm sick of it I'm sick of this like you gotta something's gotta change in your life for you to be happy frankly he has to change maybe his expectations of what a wife and woman are those need to change because obviously there's not any woman that's going to live up to his mom like that's just not gonna happen you know 
That and is- I think his mom just catered to him a lot. And I think that that's what he's looking for in a, in a woman. But, I mean, it's 2020. Like, unless he finds an older woman, <laughs> not, not old, but, like, <laughs> older who has lived life and she comes from that, you know, that old school mentality of catering to her, her husband, then I don't think he's going to have much luck with the younger ladies or he'd have to go super young. Well, yeah, even that, like he also goes for like Instagram model types. So it's like, yeah, the girl who's like posing like her thought photos, like on the internet probably isn't also going to be like dying to like cook you and your family, like dinner every night. Like, uh, like you're dating 22 year olds and you're like in your forties, like you might not be finding the type of woman that, you know, will want to be, you know, the mother to your children and your wife at the end of the day. Right. And those girls, they want him to take care of them. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Essence, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I was so nervous. Oh, my God, please. Uh, I got more comfortable as we started talking. That's how it always is. Anytime it's like someone's first show, they're like, um, uh, uh, and then like 20 minutes into it, like I can feel it. And I'm like, okay, I can feel like their shoulders getting away from their ears and they can relax. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where can people find you, follow you and read your awesome blog? Well, you can find my blog at sassynewyorkmom.wordpress.com and you can find me... My socials are, so on Twitter, it's essential, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L underscore E. And on Instagram, it's essential underscore E nine one. Amazing. Well, thank you again for coming on. This was really awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.